Welcome to the One Solution Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to explore if there really is one solution to all the world's problems. And that perhaps that solution lies in the mind. The mind is both the source of those problems, but also the solution to those problems. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the One Solution Podcast. Today in the studio, we have myself, Mara, and... Eirik. Eirik, my better half. Um, and we are focusing today on um, the solution to addiction. We just came back from a really uh, moving trip. It was very impactful for both of us. Uh, spent a few days in Manchester, New Hampshire, working with the one of the largest... Um, drug and alcohol rehabilitation centers in the state of New Hampshire. Um, and they are a full 28-day uh, residential treatment center. They have both inpatient and outpatient. Um, and we spent over the course of three days uh, having conversations with the residents, the clients there, um, the staff, and the management team. And it was really amazing example of how a deeper, clearer, simpler understanding of how the mind creates our experience, including our experience of suffering and then the coping mechanisms that come from that suffering, um, is really the cure. That when people understand more simply what's going on in their mind and how that's creating what they're up against in the world, that that suddenly um, people heal. They become healthy again. Um, and we will share uh, in a future episode um, the conversations that we had with the residents and the staff there talking specifically about how looking at the mind as the solution to addiction offers a really simple, hopeful, and profoundly transformative way forward for the people that come to their center. And they have all the stories you can imagine, particularly being in New Hampshire, which for those of you who have been keeping up with the news on the opioid crisis is one of the hardest hit states. Um, It's been sometimes labeled the worst. So they have had people come to them um, after, you know, they've literally had people overdosing on their doorstep. They've had people that have been to 10 other treatment centers that have not worked and they're coming there um, really as a last hope. They've had people referred from the courts. They've had everything that you can imagine. And what we were really struck by is the amazing vibe in that place. Yeah. (laughs) I want to go here. Yeah. It's not what you would have thought of for, um, an inpatient rehabilitation center. You know, you've got people going through detox. Um, and even in spite of that, I've, um, never been so struck by how, uh, amazing a place felt and how hopeful the people were. And it's a huge testament to what the staff there know about health and how people find it and what really cures addiction. And then what the clients and residents come to see about that for themselves and how hopeful that makes them. I mean, in a way the place was buzzing with life. 
and gratitude and hope in a way that I was absolutely not expecting when walking into a rehab facility. Yeah. And I remember one of the clients there basically said, this is not just to help with addiction. It's more than that. They're getting kind of insights for life, uh, a new kind of new spirit about life, about everything beyond their addiction. In fact, it almost, when they spoke, seemed like for a lot of them, the addiction was in a focus of conversation. They were more focused about kind of what you said about their kind of internal well-being that was untouched, that wasn't, um, yeah, moved by their addiction. It wasn't connected to their addiction. There was something kind of beyond their addictive behavior and the behavior they've done for the last, some of them, 40, 50, 60 years. And there was something pure and untouched before that. And that's what they were interested uh, about telling us. Like they wanted to tell us about that. They didn't want to talk about their addiction. They want to talk about what's healthy, what's good, what's, what's uh, beyond those things where I think is the the huge difference between probably other centers where a huge focus of it is the addiction or what's wrong or, or the behavior that's wrong. Whereas when we walked in here, that wasn't a focus. This was always what's right, what's beyond that, what's before that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge testament to the results is that the all the staff kind of lived that. They were interested in that. They talked to each other about that. Then they went to the clients and talked about that. So it's almost like what you speak to and focus on gross is like one of those simple things. And I think because that's what they do, they look for the health and point to the health in them that, of course, grows. And when it grows, when we all become more healthier, we make different behaviors. We do different things. We, We live a different life. We have a different outlook and perspective, not just on the addiction, but on everything like they mentioned their relationships, their past, their, you know, family, everything changed uh, once they started feeling better. Mm-hmm. And it just struck me when we were there, like all the other things that there are therapies for or trying to help, like just not looking at the problem and becoming so distracted and obsessed with what the problem is. and um the solutions within that to go beyond it really struck me because that's what we're trying to do with one solution too in a bigger scale that it's so seductive to become to just look at what's wrong with the world or look at what's wrong like right now in chicago or you can look at what's like the health beneath that and whatever you look at will grow and you will speak to that so i just saw from that little what they did there could be scaled into any field or any uh, so-called problem that we see in the world right now. But just that little simple shift of what are we looking for and what we're looking for, we're probably going to find. And when we find it, it's going to change us. We'll look for pain. We'll find it. (laughs) You know, it's just one of those simple things that I personally was really struck by there. And then secondly, they're, realization that they were the thinker they were some one guy said i'm the thinker of my thoughts it doesn't happen to me from the outside i'm actually 
it comes from within me, from that same kind of healthy place. And I've just uh, listened to some bad thoughts and I've acted on them because I didn't know they, they come, came from that place. I thought they, it, something was happening to me. And just that knowing that I am doing it, it's coming from me, lets them be okay with any emotion. For one, like they explain like that feeling bad wasn't wrong or it wasn't didn't mean they had to do anything about it. Because before, usually when we are in pain, we want it to go away. And if we want it to go away, it means we're kind of scared of it or we don't like it or we want it to go away. And if you don't have any way of doing that, then drugs and alcohol makes a lot of sense. Right. It makes it go away. It makes it go away. So it's very natural that if we don't like a feeling, we don't know how to get away, but drugs and alcohol does it. Everybody would do it. The only reason why people don't do it is because either they're okay with that feeling until it passes or they find some other way. Right. They become addicted to exercise or... Yeah. Anything. So... Seeing that we're all, as humans, doing that was pretty amazing. And how quickly they have realized, like 28 days, and then they basically realize something that changes their life from that moment, like a different trajectory in life, Mm -hmm. just from that simple thing. Mm -hmm. It was striking how many of them shared that that first thing they heard which sparked an openness and interest in learning more and a hope was that not the idea, but the knowing, the assuredness that the staff had when they shared with them, you're not broken. All right. Because, um, you know, to your point, I think a lot of kind of where the field is at right now is, um, disease focused and you're right that whatever we are looking for grows and if we're looking at you know addiction as a disease i don't want to get into the whole because i can see why some people say that has helped right that certainly helps in terms of like insurance coverage and things like that (laughs) but financially it can really help but on a personal emotional level um Sitting across from someone that's not looking at you as diseased, but instead looking at you as completely healthy and saying to you, while you're here, you're going to discover that that's true. You're going to discover that underneath all of your past and all of the trauma you may have experienced and all of the horrible things you may have done and all of the drugs you've pumped into your body and all of the pain and suffering you have had, actually, you're not broken at all. There's complete mental health inside of you. And that's what we're going to be pointing to. You could see them. It was like, what? (laughs) Like like no one's ever said that to me before. And it's just um, amazing what that did for them. And the fact that it's not just a nice thing to say because it comforts people the fact that it's actually true. And then they're able to walk them through understanding the mind and understanding some of those other things you brought up. Like everyone is mentally healthy until they start misunderstanding the human experience and they start feeling victimized by things outside of them and forgetting that they are the thinker of their own thoughts, that they are the thinker of their own experience. I remember the 
young guy who was sitting on the very front row of the first day when we met with all the clients and he was a little jacked up and kind of like all over the place, but he really wanted to share that, um, you know, having been raised in foster care, he'd heard some not nice things about him growing up. He hadn't had very caring, stable parent figures in his life. And it was just so helpful for him learning that that wasn't true for him unless he started thinking it. It sounds so simple, but it was like that had never been pointed out to him. He thought the shit that he'd grown up hearing was what he had to take on and feel in his life. And so just being taught that the actual true nature of the mind is such that you are the thinker of your thoughts. So basically whatever anyone else said isn't doesn't have to become your story about yourself. And then the second thing which you brought up, which so many of them said, which I think was absolutely profound for a lot of them, is the realization that you don't have to run from bad feeling. That that the way the mind works is that if you don't put stock in a thought or a feeling, if you don't um, freak out about it, basically, it comes and it goes. And, and they were able to see so many other examples of that in their life that they could then, it, it kind of came alive for them that that was true. And it was like, oh man, if I'd only known those things, that I'm not broken, there's nothing wrong with me, that my thinking is my own, I'm the thinker of my own thoughts, and even the bad thoughts that create bad feelings, I don't have to do anything with. I can just be with and understand them for what they are. That was this unbelievable freedom and release for them because they could see that was the end to addiction. And that one woman that you'll hear when you when you um, listen to the next episode um, that was a client there was saying, I feel better than I've ever felt on any drug, just knowing what I know now. Right. And I've heard that from other clients over the years. And it's free, she said. And it's free, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's cheap as hell, it turns out. And it doesn't get me in jail. This is great. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, it really was an amazing trip. And I can't wait to have people kind of see the videos from it and listen to what these guys are saying because how they're talking about it really proves what we're talking about. It, it proves that they have, as you said, had a realization. Something has become real for them about this. Or some would even say that they remembered, they said that this, I knew this when I was a kid, you know, like, and so many of them, we got to teach this to kids. And, you know, we've heard that a hundred times, like, we have to teach this with kids. If I knew this when I was 12, I wouldn't have 30 years of these problems. Like, it's that simple. If you know this, then you don't go down that path. It's it's that simple. So seeing that they, A, wanted to teach it to kids was, like, uh, really cool. But, B, that they also said, well, that was my past, but I'm good now. Mm-hmm. You know, that that doesn't really matter if I had those years. In this moment, all that has been rearranged. I look differently at it. I understand it. I've come, I'm okay with it. And I'm ready to kind of go forward with my new life. Mm -hmm. And that to me was amazing that they both wanted to 
really help youth so they don't end up where they ended up. But also, even if you go down a path, they can see you can you can realize something at any point and be okay. And from that moment, everything is okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I was also struck by how many of them, when they shared, um, you know, that they grew up in a family that was addicted, you know, that their parents were drug users or alcohol abusers or, you know, a few of them, it was like every single person they listed, brother, sister, girlfriend, mom, all on drugs. And even they were hopeful because it was internal, because what they'd learned was about a truth of how we operate from the inside, that they felt okay knowing that they were going back out after finishing their treatment to a family or friends or support system that is all on drugs still. And I thought that was amazing. Is it, it proved that there's nothing externally that can touch it. And then there was also, you know, a couple of people that were back for a second time. Right. And I thought what was really cool is as opposed to seeing that, you know, they did say at first I was tempted to say, oh, I'm a failure. I forgot everything I learned here. What's wrong with me? But then they were quick to realize, no, but I, I came back really fast. I started to see that I was slipping and I knew, oh, I've gotten, I've lost sight of what I learned there. I need to go back and, and, and revisit that as opposed to uh, basically going down that rabbit hole for years and ending back up and, and ending up back in a terrible situation where they were um, in really dire circumstances. So I, I thought there was some, some beauty to that as well, that right. even those that said, look, I was doing great for a while, but then I forgot, but I knew that what I had forgot was what I learned here. So I came back. Right. And I, I love that, you know, the big word relapse isn't like, whoa, that's the most horrible thing ever. Like it's, it's played out to be a horrible thing usually that it carries with it a lot of judgment and a lot of feeling of failure and, and brings up those things of like, oh, there, you, you couldn't do it again. And like, there's a lot of tension around those things and it's almost like if you take it out of that context as a human it's almost like i made a mistake and i made that mistake a huge deal and made meaning out of that mistakes and tell tell me myself a lot of stories about what kind of person i am that made that mistake but i love that when they came back they had that very short mm-hmm. initial reaction but then it passed and they become came come to terms with it became okay with it and was just like kind of brushed it off and continue and it was a very quick whereas i would imagine that for a lot of people when they do that and because there's so much attached to kind of making a mistake or relapsing or, or doing stuff that they will go down like a dark path again and like not be able to come up with it come up from it but they basically said like, yes, that happened for a second, but I came up from it again mm-hmm. and now I'm back on track. And I think that could be put into so many different contexts 
in the world as humans that we are humans like it's 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 it happens and if you come back to that same thing again you can go forward again it's just a natural mm-hmm. very natural thing it had a very natural feeling when they talked about it yeah and you'll hear one of the gentlemen that we spoke with in the next episode talk about that and it's really really cool how he talks about it um and it's also worth noting that this isn't a center that has a really high relapse rate. They actually have the lowest. I don't know if it's in the state or the nation, but it was like 3%, which is unheard of in the addiction treatment world. So even though there are people saying, hey, I think I need help again, that's still a tiny percent. Right. <laughs> Most of the people walking out of that facility um, go on to live healthy lives, right? which is phenomenal. And the last thing I'll say, which I thought was really cool is, you know, what you brought up in the beginning is they realized that this is kind of the key to everything. This isn't just answering their drug addiction problem. They realize that they're okay in life, fundamentally okay. And they see that that has ramifications beyond just not choosing to use drugs anymore. It has ramifications in terms of having healthy relationships with significant others, having, being able to raise children, being able to get and keep and enjoy a job, all of those things. But they all talked about, I think this would save the world. You know, this, this is like the answer to everything. Right. Um, and that is, of course, why we really enjoyed having those conversations with them because they were really pointing in the same direction as one solution, which is, you know, whether you're sitting in a a rehab facility and having to admit that you've spent years running from your feelings in a very unhealthy way, that could be the same for someone sitting in a job who's just been stressed out and kind of relying on antidepressants or or like I said, even relying on going to the gym every night in order to feel good. That chasing a good feeling is so pervasive in the world and harmfully running from bad feeling and defending against bad feeling is what produces all the symptoms that we see. Not just opioid use, but everything from yelling at our children to, um, you know, just relying on behaviors that we know aren't good for us, but doing them anyway. You know? right. um, so that's what I think is so fascinating is if you really just simplified it and looked at humanity with a capital H, that realization that I am okay, I am not broken, I am the thinker of my experience and I don't have to run from bad feeling would solve all the world's problems and the people that you're here, you're going to hear in the next episode speak really beautifully to that. Right. So with all that teasing, we hope you're going to enjoy the next episode where you're going to hear from them in the horse's mouth, so to speak. Yeah. We certainly loved our time with them. All right. So hope you enjoy the next episode and thank you for listening to this episode. See you next time. See you next time.